Hello, welcome to Lulu's Calming Space. This podcast welcomes everyone who needs kindness, acceptance, and peace in their lives. For the first season, I am going to read my favorite quotes from Adrienne Mary Brown's Pleasure Activism. Shall we begin? Pleasure activists seek to understand and learn from the politics and power dynamics inside of everything that makes us feel good. This includes sex and the erotic, drugs, fashion, humor, passion work, connection, reading, cooking, and or eating, music and other arts, and so much more. Pleasure activists believe that by tapping into the potential goodness in each of us, we can generate justice and liberation, growing a healing abundance where we have been socialized to believe only scarcity exists. Pleasure activism acts from an analysis that pleasure is a natural, safe, and liberated part of life, and that we can offer each other tools and education to make sure sex, desire, drugs, connection, and other pleasures aren't life-threatening or harming, but life-enriching. And these are the pleasure principles. What you pay attention to grows. We become what we practice. Yes is the way. When I'm happy, it is good for the world. The deepest pleasure comes from riding the line between the commitment and detachment. Make justice and liberation feel good. Your no makes the way for your yes. Moderation is key. And quote from Audre Lorde. As women, we have come to distrust that power which rises from our deepest and non-rational knowledge. We have been warned against it all of our lives by the male world, which values this depth of feeling enough to keep women around in order to exercise it in the service of men, which, but which fears the same depth too much to examine the possibilities of it within themselves. So women are maintained at a distant, inferior position to be physically milked. Unquote. And she continues by saying, the erotic has often been misnamed by men and used against women. It has been made into the confused, the trivial, the psychotic, the plasticized sensation. For this reason, we have often turned away from the exploration and consideration of the erotic as a source of power and information confusing it with, it with its opposite, the pornographic. But pornography is a direct denial of the power of the erotic, for it represents the suppression of true feelings. The erotic is a measure between the beginnings of our sense of self and the chaos of our strongest feelings. It is an internal sense of satisfaction to which, once we have experienced it, we know we can aspire. For having experienced the fullness of this depth of feeling and recognizing its power 
in honor and self-respect, we can require no less of ourselves. As women, we need to examine the ways in which our world can be truly different. I am speaking here of the necessity for reassessing the quality of all the aspects of our lives and of our work and how we move toward and through them. The very word erotic comes from the Greek word eros, the personification of love in all its aspects, burn of chaos and personifying creative power and harmony. When I speak of the erotic then, I speak of it as an assertion of the life force of women, of that creative energy empowered, the knowledge and use of which we are now reclaiming in our language, our history, our dancing, our loving, our work, our lives. The erotic functions for me in several ways, she says. And the first is in providing the power which comes from sharing deeply any pursuit with another person. The sharing of joy, whether physical, emotional, psychic, or intellectual, forms a bridge between the sharers, which can be the basis for understanding much of what is not shared between them and lessens the threat of their difference. Another important way in which the erotic connection functions is the open and fearless underlining of my capacity for joy. In the way my body stretches to music and opens into response, hearkening to its deepest rhythms, so every level upon which I sense also opens to the erotically satisfying experience. Whether it is dancing, building a bookcase, writing a poem, examining an idea, that self-connection shared is a measure of joy which I know myself to be capable of feeling, a reminder of my capacity for feeling, and that deep and irreplaceable knowledge of my capacity for joy comes to demands from all of my life that it be lived within the knowledge that such satisfaction is possible and does not have to be called marriage, nor God, nor an altar life. This is one reason why the erotic is so feared and so often relegated to the bedroom alone when it is recognized at all. For once, we begin to feel deeply all the aspects of our lives. We begin to demand from ourselves and from our life pursuits that they feel in accordance with that joy which we know ourselves to be capable of. Our erotic knowledge empowers us, becomes a lens through which we scrutinize all aspects of our existence, forcing us to evaluate those aspects honestly in terms of their relative meaning within our lives. And this is a grave responsibility projected from within each of us, not to settle for the convenient and nor the merely safe. We have been raised to fear the yes within ourselves, our deepest cravings. But once recognized, those which do not enhance our future lose their power and can be altered. When we live outside ourselves, and by that I mean 
on external directives only rather than from our internal knowledge and needs when we live away from those erotic guides from within ourselves then our lives are limited by external and alien forms and we conform to the needs of a structure that is not based on human need let alone an individual's for us we begin to recognize our deepest feelings we begin to give up of necessity being satisfied with suffering and self-negation and with the numbness which so often seems like their only alternative in our society our acts against oppression become integral with self motivated and empowered from within in touch with the erotic i become less willing to accept powerlessness or those other supplied states of being which are not native to me such as resignation despair self-effacement depression and self-denial when we look away from the importance of the erotic in the development and sustenance of our power or when we look away from ourselves as we satisfy our erotic needs in concert with others we use each other as objects of satisfaction rather than share our joy in the satisfying rather than make connection with our similarities and our differences to refuse to be conscious of what we are feeling at any time however comfortable that might seem is to deny a large part of our ex experience and to allow ourselves to be reduced to the pornographic the abused and the absurd and lastly recognizing the power of the erotic within our lives can give us the energy to pursue genuine change within our world rather than merely settling for a shift of characters in the same weary drama for not only do we touch our most profoundly creative source but we do that which is female and self-affirming in the face of a racist patriarchal and anti-erotic society and this wraps up my first episode thank you so much for listening so far and like i create this space uh, just because i need it i i needed to feel comfort uh, and this place i hope that whenever we listen to it whenever we come back to it we will we will see that love and we will see that kindness and we will see uh, you know the meaningful words that can speak uh for everyone and that is my hope and that is my dream and i'll see you in the next episode thank you so much bye bye